0: This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Welcome, my name is Jennifer Davies and I'm the Assistant Dean of External Affairs for UC San Diego and this is another edition of Career Talk, which, as the name implies, is us talking about careers. Today, I'm lucky to have as a guest, uh, Colby Goodman, who is a career coach, career consultant, resume writer, um, and his company is JobHunter.com, and that's dot rcom Is that correct? hmm Well, welcome, Colby. Nice to have you here. Thanks for having me in, Jennifer. So, I guess the first question is, how does one become a career
1: coach? <laughs> so, what, what was your path? How did you get started? Sure, sure. Well, it wasn't my intention uh, initially. Um, I came down here to uh, San Diego State University as a junior transfer, went to Community College up in Northern California in Sacramento, where I was born and raised, Um, and shortly after arriving, realized that my lot at San Diego State wasn't to get a degree, but it was to get a job. And For me that was a big revelation and it kind of shifted my perspective on college. One, um, while still focusing on academics, was more on seeing how I could acquire a lot of real world and professional skill sets, while I was still you know, in school and didn't have to pay my own bills quite yet. So there I was able to get entrenched with a lot of professional organizations on campus, um, peer and faculty oriented, um, and really fell in love with the real world aspect of things like interviewing and resume writing, public speaking, project management, um, and really loved it. So much so that I, um, a couple semesters later, was actually invited back to lead a professional development eight-week workshop with 30 undergrad students at San Diego State where I was able to compile a team and teach them all the basics about how to be a professional. It was kind of adulthood one-on-one class that I absolutely Maybe loved. I should take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, from there, you know, my path was um, not really linear, like I think a lot of us are. Um, graduated, panicked, uh, like a lot of us do, and took the first thing that was offered to me, which was um, helped us support doing IT. Mm-hmm. Um, spent the next decade doing that. Um, and kind of progressed uh, through the ranks of my various companies and had realized kind of halfway through that um, I probably wasn't the most technically sound person, but was still getting the jobs and the manager positions. And what I realized is that my training in college and my kind of honing those skill sets on how to sell myself, how to present myself, write a resume, interview, et cetera, got me jobs that I probably otherwise wouldn't have. And so this was recognized by my friends and my family who asked me for similar help. Um, fast forward to the end of my corporate career. Um, And I kind of, I say I woke up one day, I'm sure it was the straw that broke the camel's back. um, That was uh, me realizing that I was doing projects that I no longer cared about with people that I couldn't stand making individuals rich that I'd never met before. And so kind of over the weekend, I set up a website, I started my marketing and started taking on my first clients. And that was four years ago. Um, Fast forward to today, I've helped over 600 individuals, um, you know, have done workshops, um, at over 120, uh, professional organizations, campuses, and community, uh, organizations around the country. Um, and really love what I do and love the ability to really actually like help people in their lives and, and to better themselves and their communities.
0: Wow. So what does, what does your services look like? I mean, is it somebody who just says, Hey, I need a resume help or is it? Wh- all,
1: yeah. Is so it all encompassed? So it just depends on what the individual feels like they need. Right. Um, you know, you, Anywhere from, you know, resumes, colors, LinkedIn, obviously getting those tangible tools in the hands of the professionals so they can go out there and market themselves Um, obviously includes things like interview preparation. That's a a big part of of looking and finding a new job. Um, But even kind of before putting the cart before the horse, partnering with my clients to figure out, okay, answering the elusive question, what do I want to do when I grow up? Mm -hmm. Even if you're, you know in your 50s, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's career discovery, it's job search strategy, it is interview, and it is developing the tools that these individuals need to go out there and actually land the jobs that they want.
0: So do you sort of slow them down if people come and say, hey, I need to do this resume, and then you kind of have a conversation with them like, no, I think this is a bigger question, that what do you want to do with your life? How do you lead them through that?
1: I mean, the obvious question is, what do you want to do? Right, And, and if they don't have much of a clue, then that's kind of square one. You know, if you don't have a target, it's hard to hit it. Um, A mentor of mine once told me that a lot of people don't have targets but have immaculate accuracy. And I think a lot of people kind of go about their careers kind of meandering from job to job. Um, And ultimately, what I found is those people are just trying to escape. They're trying to, instead of seeking out something on purpose, they're just trying to leave the thing that they're at. And that seems to be a pattern throughout their career. So I want to stop that habit. I want to stop that pattern so that we can put these individuals on a trajectory that really helps them do good work, make good money, and be fulfilled, you know, in all parts of their life.
0: Well, it's interesting. I mean, working with people looking for another job, like I've said it before, looking for a job, you know, outside the true tragedies of life is one of the most difficult things, Mm -hmm. right? You're putting yourself out there. It's it's excruciating. What do you tell them as as they go through that journey? And again, so much of it is, you're you're right, people escape, like, I don't like this job, I'm just going to go to the next job. And you're not looking at your career as a career, or something that's fundamental to you, you're just looking at it almost as tactical or sure. or episodic.
1: Sure, I mean, I think that's kind of human nature that we um, we tend to look more short term, right? And so it's kind of giving them and sitting them down and just saying, "Hey, you know, we need to make sure that you do the right actions now, so that you're not suffering later." And not every person is willing to have that conversation, and that's okay. But I think those that are um, get more out of their efforts, get more fulfillment out of their careers um, and honestly get more money in the end because they like what they're doing. They're good at it. They're working with good people and good environments and they're more productive. And that ultimately in the end allows them to, you know, do better work and and enjoy what they do day in and day out. So I'm I'm assuming you probably with
0: these conversations, have people that are doing career transitions Mm -hmm. and that's always tricky, right? Because you're, you know, (laughs) You've you've sort of what you did. You build up your life on this certain thing. And then to pivot, it's like there's going to be a loss of income or a loss of prestige or whatever. When you're dealing with people that are going through career transitions, sort of what is the advice that you give them? And how do how do you approach that with them?
1: Yeah. So the biggest issue that I see with career transitioners is a burnout. Right. So you get fired. Let's say you you get let go on a Tuesday and on Wednesday, you're going to gung ho and you're going to hit the job search hard you're going to, that energy is going to peak and it's going to peter out because what I can tell you is that the job search is going to take longer than you think. There's not a finite amount of time. I can't give you a a date and a time you're going to find a new job, but all I know is it's going to feel like it's taking longer than it should. And it's, it's really key for somebody looking for a job on a full-time basis. Um, you, you have to be okay saying no. I think that's the biggest thing because some, some people say, okay, I'm going to look for a job for eight hours today. And in reality, there's not always 8 hours of work to do. But if you fill that 4 or 3 hours worth of bad work and bad effort, you're going to get bad results and you're going to get more discouraged. So it's about, you know, saying no, but I think it's about keeping a balance. The big thing I really preach to my clients is, okay, cool, you're looking for your job, but are you eating well? Are you exercising? Are you staying social? Are you engaging your community? Because all that's really important. Because if you walk into a, let's say you get let go and you find an interview and you walk in and you're so desperate and you need this so oh, badly. They can smell it. Oh. It's, it's palpable in the room, right? And nobody wants to be around somebody who is desperate or needy. Um, and you have to be confident. And it, it is, unfortunately, it is a transition that kind of is a vacuum of confidence, right? Like it's hard to find it when it's not there. So it's about looking for that in other places in your life. So that when you do, when you are required to kind of be on and be professional, you're comfortable with yourself and you're confident in your abilities because it shows up everywhere else in your life.
0: Well, you said something like you can spend eight hours or four hours doing work, but it's bad work. What are those bad works? Is sure. that just trolling like monster.com mm-hmm. and just applying randomly without doing the, the networking?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. So if you've you know refreshed Indeed for the 10th time that day, it's probably a time for you to shut down the laptop and just go outside. So that's one big thing. Uh, another big thing is just kind of endlessly reading advice columns or, you know, blog articles. Or listening
0: to podcasts. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, very useful, people. <laughs>
1: um, it's just, you know, at some point it just, it's kind of, it's, I, I equate it to, you know, going to McDonald's. Like it feels good in the moment, but in reality it's like empty calories. Same kind of thing. What kind of empty effort are you putting in? And really thinking, okay, what is the effort I'm putting in, and what is the result I'm expecting out of it? And am I doing this because it's actually productive or because it makes me feel good or it makes me not feel guilty? Because mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing too, right? When, you, when you're when you sitting at home and your savings is depleted and your family needs supported, when you're doing nothing, there's a lot of guilt there. But at, on the flip side, when there's nothing to do, I think trying to manifest something out of nothing, even if it's poor work, is worse than just letting it go and doing something else.
0: So, I mean, if it so if there is that guilt, like obviously we know, I'm, I'm going to finish this sentence, <laughs> but um, you know, networking, everyone says networking mm-hmm. is key. So is in those times when you, when there's downtime and you've refreshed indeed, or, mm-hmm. you know, is that how what you should be working toward? And, so, and, and how do you do that? Like, sure. I mean, I think a lot of people are very uncomfortable going like, Oh, well there's a person that's like, you know, too removed on LinkedIn. Should I really contact them? How do you kind of, sure. how would you, how do you tell people to start approaching the networking game?
1: First you have to, tap the network you've already built. I think too many times, kind of like what you're, what you're saying there, is that people need to go network and they feel like, okay, I'm going to go find a whole bunch of new people to bring into the fold. But they're forgetting all these good relationships and all this good rapport they've built up in the last you know, 10, 20, 30 years of their career or their life, right? And if you forget those individuals who know who you are, who you've done you know, favors for, who you've built before, who you have a good connection with, in favor of a total stranger across, you know, the, you know, across LinkedIn, you're losing out on a lot of good opportunity because instead of reaching out to that person who is second removed, you're more apt, I think it's more effective for you to then go to that, the, the mutual friend and say, Hey, like, can we go grab coffee? Like, can we go grab lunch? I'm in this transition. Want to see how you're doing. And then at the end of that conversation, you know, your ask needs to be, Hey, I know that you know so-and-so on LinkedIn who works at this company would you mind give me an introduction? I think that's way more powerful than going out there, kind of blindly. And two, that action of the lunch or the coffee, it it effectively breaks the cabin fever, mm-hmm. right? Because I, like I said burnout's a big thing, and so if you can break up your your job search week with you know coffee with an old friend or lunch with an old mentor, that is gives you something to look forward to, and it's also a productive conversation that's not simply just you pounding away at your computer.
0: So when people come. Do people come to you that are they have their have our current job but say like sort of what you went through like yeah this isn't mm-hmm. for me man I I need something new how do you guide them and again you know again that's change is hard and to pivot and you know you have your safe space <laughs> how do you how do you work people through that and sort of what are the questions you take them through and sure. and, and and how do you, how does a career transition look like is it going back to school is it you know is it dual track keeping your your current job
1: yeah so. Initially, what I want to find out is why is the individual looking for something new? Is it the job duties themselves or they just falling out of love with what they've been doing? Is it um, a, a lack of support? Is it a lack of um, foreseeable growth? Is it uh, an issue where it's they're just in a bad environment? Right? Because people think they want something totally brand new. And what I find, I wouldn't say most, I'd say 40% of the time is... They just need a change of scenery and a positive one. Because like we said before, what I found is that those people, that person has gotten into that current bad position because they were escaping the last bad position. And that we need to pause that a bit and kind of make a purposeful transition into what do I want and where can I go get it? So that's really what I find. And if people who are, you know, really looking to change things altogether, it's about understanding, okay, again, the why what are your anticipation about the change? What do you want to see differently? Because I think people think change is good and that they kind of have this fantasy in their head about, well, I saw this job on the television or my cousin has this job and he or she loves it. That's not always the case. So getting a, just getting grounded in reality a little bit and then moving forth to say, okay, what is the most logical and effective course of action, right? I usually don't encourage my clients to go back to school full time just because it's financially not viable. And two, you come out, you have, you know, you may have some debt. You definitely have a lot of time invested and you feel forced into it. The more that a, a, a professional can kind of test drive new things and honestly fail quickly, the better. So we set them up to say, okay, maybe you should go volunteer or you should go talk to these people and get a reality check just to really kind of sample so that when they are ready to make that transition, it is in the right direction and it's not just on a whim.
0: Okay, so what? So what do you see? So you, what are the the five things you tell them to do immediately? Is it like pause? You know, start mm-hmm. ramp up your networking. Yeah. L- look for jobs.
1: Yeah, all that. So that's the biggest thing. So pause. Right. So just this week, um, I had a client that I was working with that um, got unexpectedly let go, and she told me, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get working on it like full bore tomorrow." And I said no. Like I think you need to just like take the rest of the week and just kind of center yourself, right? Because ultimately, a, a separation from a job, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, it's a trauma. It's a loss, mm-hmm. right? And so if you go into it with the bat with a bad mindset, it's going to uh, negatively affect the rest of your <coughs> the rest of yeah. your uh, your process. So that's number one. Is going to take that pause, and then. Again, the networking, right? It's kind of number two. Who do I know who could help me in this process? And maybe even before that, you come to the sake where you say, okay, I can't do this on my own and I am okay and I'm willing to go seek out help. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Because you feel the separation, you're embarrassed, you feel less than, you feel unworthy, and it's hard to admit that to the to the world, let alone yourself. And so I think that's kind of step one and a half, maybe. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of going out there and saying, okay, I... I can't do this on my own, nor would I want to. And the most effective way is to incorporate the people that already like me and care about me in this process. And then from there, you identify those individuals who can help either through you know, additional information, introductions to other individuals, or actual opportunities. And then from there, it's about getting all of your, your documentation in order, right? Getting your marketing set. So your resume needs to be updated. Your cover letter needs to be updated. Your LinkedIn needs to be ready to go. Um, and then so that's all your you know step three is kind of getting all your your physical marketing ready to go and then step four is your personal marketing how do you interview how do you network and then number five is just i think developing a structure right so for the first time maybe in a long time this individual has no structure to their life and between nine and five and you kind of are it's, it's a little entrepreneurial right because you are your own boss at this point so you need to set parameters goals for time and for effort um and stick to them and then you know Within all that, understanding when it's time to call it quits for the day. Because again, the biggest thing I see is that burnout. And if you go too hard too fast, you're going to end up falling short and you're not going to get like the, the results. The shame
0: spiral. Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So say you've been out of the, the workforce for five years. Things have changed, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, you're talking back in your LinkedIn profile, and I think everyone sort of knows that. But what do you see has changed in terms of what your resume needs to say versus you know, maybe when you did... Sure. Know, the, the last time, what are the changes and, and how do you see job seeking changing going forward?
1: Sure. Well, the biggest thing is the barrier to entry to actually apply is virtually zero now. Like we could pull out our phones right now and apply to 100 jobs in 10 minutes. That didn't happen even five or 10 years ago. And so your goal ultimately as a job seeker is to positively differentiate yourself versus everybody else. Whenever I create a resume, whenever I coach a, uh, coach a client on interviewing, I say, okay, if you're one of 50 in the stack, how are you different? In a good way, obviously, right? Um, and so it's things like, you know, direct selling, selling based on features, uh, or not simply based on features, but also on benefits. I think that's a big thing. If there's a whole stack, that person doesn't have time to kind of fit your square peg into the round hole of the position. So you have to come out swinging and be the ideal candidate. Um, I think there are, you know, the other thing I would recommend too is kind of take the stance of asking for forgiveness and not permission in your job search. Obviously do it tactfully. Don't just show up at an employer's door and expect to talk to the CEO, but do your research, right? Go on LinkedIn, message people, email people, you know, uh, connect with people on Twitter, use social media um, because that, the squeaky wheel does get the grease, right? And if you're just assuming that you're going to submit your application, you know, pray and then you're going to get an opportunity. You kind of have to do a little bit more concentrated effort to put a face to the name and yeah. set yourself above the rest of the applicants.
0: Well, that's, I mean, when you talk about like your yield, like where do people find jobs? Because I think most of us go to, you know, mm-hmm. a, a website, Wants sure. or Indeed, wh- whatever, and that's how we do it. What's the yield on that? And really, when when you look at your clients, where are they actually getting the jobs? Is it sure. through those online searches or is it through it's knowing a, somebody?
1: It's a combination of both, right? Like, Ideally, I, I think going on Indeed and LinkedIn, those are my two preferred sites, are going to be your best bet to see what's out there and what's available. And then you use that information and then go back to your network and say, okay, cool, looks like Qualcomm's hiring. I know three people at Qualcomm. I'm going to see if I can get a referral or get a connection with the manager. So it's a combination of both, right? I don't really recommend solely just again kind of spraying and praying on on places like LinkedIn and Indeed but um, I'd also don't think it's super fruitful for you to simply say hey network I need a job let me know if you find something Mm -hmm. you have to be a little bit more proactive so that you can get the most out of the opportunities that are there that just might not be presenting themselves directly on your computer screen
0: okay so if we've got one more minute here, (laughs) what would be the biggest last tip that you can think of to a, a job seeker out
1: there I kind of mentioned it before, but I, I think it's about going out there and pro and productively and effectively asking for help. You know, I have a whole workshop that I've given at a lot of um, uh, organizations and at universities about kind of the art of asking for a favor. Really, the, the more and the better you can ask for help, the more you're going to get. So don't be afraid to go out there and be a little vulnerable like we talked about before and say, hey, I'm in this place. I don't want to be here much longer. I need help. How can you help me? Or even better, this is exactly how you can help me. Can you can you execute? And the more you do that, the shorter the job is going to be and the more effective it's going to be. Uh, and I think the, the more fruitful the results going to be in the end.
0: OK, well, that's great. Well, thank you so much. A lot of some good advice. And I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.